easy for it would have been much easier for her to sit on her patio to be stretched, to stand out and respond to the prompting of God and wave to another single gentleman stranger. <laughs> it would have been much easier. The other day she came home and there were two ladies sitting on her patio because fortunately the unit that she bought has got lovely sunshine and some of the units just never see the sun. And so these ladies knew she was out so they thought they're just going to take advantage of a bit of her sunshine and they'll sit on her patio and by the, time they, by the time my mother got home and they left, they were both born again. <laughs> so it just goes to show you. And God wants to lead and guide us in every way. And I believe it's such an important aspect. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. You can read it with me on the board. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. You want to be led by the Lord? Well, there's some keys here. Firstly, trust in the Lord. What? With all your heart. Secondly, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Put Him first. Consult Him. And He will direct your paths. And I believe God wants to come and lead and guide each and every one of us. Some years ago, uh, a, <clears throat> a group of us went to the Toronto church because there was a, a revival taking place there. And we wanted to be part of it. We wanted to catch something of what was going on. And D. Disney was there. And Sam Siopa, are you there, Sam? Just stand up there. That's Sam Siopa, my friend. He and I shared a room in a hotel in, in Toronto, and we were there. And uh, we went to the, uh, the facility they had, which was like in an industrial area. And uh, the, the revival had broken out so fast that they were having to put up TVs in the entrance foyers and the overflow rooms. And what they did is they would take cardboard boxes and pack them like this, then put the TV on the top and then duct tape it right around the pole so that it would uh, not fall off the boxes. And people would be coming from all over the world to be touched. And uh, we had a wonderful time there, just thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, when that was over, we traveled back and we stopped in Italy and we had a, I can't remember if it was a 14-hour somehow kind of layover. And uh, so we decided we were going to tour Italy. And, uh, and so off we went and we decided to go on a guided tour of one of the big churches there. And, uh, you know, we were anxious to compare it to what we had experienced in Toronto. And uh, when we got there, there were people selling things outside the doors. I remember one man coming up to me, opening his jacket like this. And this side was watches, and this side was sunglasses. And um, it was like, anyway, we got inside, and uh, the roof was magnificent. There were no televisions uh, duct-taped to the, to the columns, and the roof was, they told us, it had two tons of gold in it. And uh, there was a lady, an Italian lady, who was our guide. And she had such a heavy accent, you could barely hear what she was saying. And she, she had a little flag on a pole. And in our group, she said to us, when the flag goes up, you move and you follow me. 
When the flag comes down, you stop and I will explain to you. Then she said, if I'm stopped and the flag goes up, you're making too much noise. (laughs) This is a consecrated holy place. So if the flag goes up while we're standing, you know you're making too much noise. He says, please remember this is a sacred place. And so we were going along, and I was so intrigued. You know, I studied architecture just after I left school for a while. So I was intrigued by everything that was going on around me and all the, the just the absolutely magnificent structures. And she was guiding us and telling us, you know, who was buried here and who was here and who, what was there and all that. And we got to the center of the church, and she had guided us and taken us to the center of the church. And Sam and I were standing there, this, wow, you know. And um, she began to point up. And the, the, the roof of the church was a colossal dome above our heads. And below that was like a wooden structure. And on top of this wooden structure, it, made, it came together. And on top of that, inside the dome of the roof was what I could only call a bird cage. It was like a ribbed cage of wood, part of this massive wooden structure going right up into the roof. And she said, if you look up there, inside that cage are the bones of the apostle. And I can't remember which apostle it is, so I don't want to mention it because I might make a mistake. And I I thought, the bones of the apostle. Now you can't even see anything. They're up there. And I swirled around to Sam and I said, Sam, the bones of the apostle are up there. And as I did that, I'd had a motorbike accident as a teenager and my right knee has always been a bit wonky. As I did that, I swirled around, I put my knee out, and the next thing I was going, ha, 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 and I was fell on the floor, and Sam and Dee Disney are trying to help me and get me up, and the lady's flag goes up, 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 and she's going, and I'm going, ha, 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 go and put my... I don't know why I'm telling you that story. (laughs) That's my experience of an earthly guide. And I'm so thankful that God is not only my guide, but my father. My mother was on another Italian trip of a similar nature. She was traveling with Ivan Scumbi and their ministry, All Good Gifts International. And they arrived at one of these kind of Petroport places. And they were going to refuel and uh, get some refreshments. And as they got out, Ivan said to the group, do not interact with the peddlers, the people selling things, because they are con artists. And um, what happened was, right there, God was guiding. But some of the team members didn't realize it. They got out, and uh, the man arrived. And uh, he had cell phones. 
And the one guy, he'd always wanted a particular cell phone, but it had always been too expensive. And when this man produced this, it was exactly the cell phone. And in rand terms, it was 1,500 rand cheaper than he would have to pay for it back at home. So, immediately he forgot the guidance that came from the leader. He forgot that guidance. And he started negotiating to buy the cell phone. Oh, he couldn't believe his luck. And so he negotiated and the guy gave him the phone, a beautiful box, everything. He was so excited and they got back in the van and they traveled. I tried to get out of my mother how far or how long they traveled, but she says she can't remember. But it could have been as much as two hours. And there was such jubilation. And eventually he decided he just wants to look at this beautiful self. And so he pulled out the beautiful box and he opened it. And there was a little bag of sand. And the whole mood changed. The other members had to take money out of their pockets to help him for the rest of the trip. And they suddenly realized they could never go back. They could never find that chap again, and they'd been conned. And I want to just say to you, look at the scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And those guys leaned on their own understanding, motivate, motivated by their own desires, and you will always lose. But when you will trust the Lord completely and, and trust Him and acknowledge Him, give Him first place, you can trust that He's going to do wonderful things for you. We all need God's guidance. It's a good thing to desire God's guidance. And when God leads and guides us, we can be sure that we will fulfill the destiny He has for us. And if you are battling with issues of purpose and destiny, I believe one of the key aspects is if you will allow God to lead and guide you. God's guidance is not always an easy issue, but it's an important issue. Firstly, God wants to lead and guide you. Sometimes we think God just wants to lead and guide perhaps spiritual leaders. No. God wants to lead and guide you. and He wants to act as a guide to us. He wants to direct us. He wants to supervise and influence our lives. And He wants to steer and pilot us through life. Now, I don't know if you'll be able to see this. This is a picture by an artist, Warner Salmon, was done in the, I think it's in the 40s or the 50s, but it's a picture of what God wants to do for you. And this picture used to hang in my father's bedroom when he was at Bible college. And it hangs, we have another, uh, just that you only get prints, of course, and we have one in our passage. But it just shows this picture of Jesus, slightly silhouetted behind the sailor, who's holding the wheel, and the hand of Jesus is on his shoulder, and the finger is pointing ahead, and in the background you can see the storms of life. And that is what 
to me, is just the greatest definition of the fact that God wants to lead and guide you. Sometimes when I lead worship, I actually picture that in my head. And I imagine the hand of God on my shoulder and the hand of God directing in which way He wants the service to go. And I will try and be sensitive and say, Holy Spirit, I'm waiting for your prompting. If you hold me back, I will back off. If you will show me in a direction, I will press into that direction. And it, it is, to me, the most amazing thing in, in the, the way in which God wants to lead and guide you. And I want you to, where that chap is with that red shirt, I want, to see your, I want you to see yourself there with God directing and leading you. And it's not on a peaceful sea, it's on a rough sea. And I tell you, the artist must have known something. You don't even produce something like that. If you've had no trouble, he would probably be on a plain, you know, perfect mill ponds type of setting. But no, it's in the storms. It says in Psalm 32 verse 8, it says, I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you and uh, watch your progress. And this just encouragement to me because God wants to do more than just guide us. He wants to watch over our progress and he, God wants to be actively involved in your life. Point number two, we need God's guidance. I'm going through it quite fast because we don't have a lot of time, but I want to just get the essence of the message across to you. We need God's guidance. We cannot do without it. We don't know the future. Life can be dangerous, intricate, and complicated, and our wisdom can only take us so far. And it says in Psalm 119, verses 18 to 20, it says, But I am a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map, and your commands are my chart and guide. I long for your instructions more than I can tell. I long for your... Do you long for the instructions of God? Do you long for God to speak? Well, I believe He wants to do that. Guidance is a lifetime experience. I remember my father one day, he told, me, he told us how that he had just been to Elder Rain and he had led somebody to the Lord there by the name of Elvert Aves. And the Aves family became pillars in the church at that stage. And on the way back, he was traveling through fountains and he began to feel a heavy burden. And he couldn't understand what this heavy burden was because he was happy he had just led somebody to the Lord and uh, the Lord began to, he began to feel prompted that he needed to pray in the Spirit. And he began to pray in the Spirit and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And eventually the burden lifted. And he felt the Lord said to him, I needed somebody at that time to pray for somebody else on the other side of the globe. I found a willing person and I will tell you more about it when I see you face to face. And I believe he knows that today. He knows why he did that. But you see, if we're going to be led and guided by the Lord, you know, then we've got to respond to those things. Sometimes God will tell you, you know, speak to that person. Show a bit of kindness or a love to that person. And then we just, oh, I'm so embarrassed. We don't, want to, we don't want to press out. And I want to encourage you today, don't, don't, don't be hesitant. It's a lifetime experience. And God doesn't just want to guide us through the difficult stages of life. He wants to guide us each and every day. It says in Psalm 48 
and verse 14, For this great God is our God forever, and He will be our God until we die. You know, sometimes when we've got a little bit of life experience under the belt, we think, oh, well, perhaps God can guide those youngsters, you know. But no. He wants to guide us at every stage of life. And God wants to guide you no matter what. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've been through, even if it means guiding you out of the mess that you've got yourself into. He wants to be your guide. And that's my desire. It says in Psalm 139, you can go and read it for yourself. I've just taken certain sections from verse 7 to 10. It says, I can never be lost to your spirit. I can never get away from my God. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the morning winds to the furthest ocean, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. But how can we allow God to guide us? I want to give you five quick points. One, you can be guided by God's Word. The principles of God's Word. If the Bible teaches us that we should be honest, then we don't need to ask God's guidance about being honest. If God's guidance says no sex outside of marriage, then you don't need to ask God for guidance on that matter. If God's word says you should be faithful to your marriage partner, then you do not need to ask God for guidance. It's already there. It's clear. But God's word can be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It says in Psalm 119, verse 133, Guide me with your laws so that I will not be overcome by evil. And I'm so glad that you mentioned the scripture, Sharon. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I'm glad you were talking about those blinds. In my office at work, I've got three windows, and I've got vertical blinds. I don't know what you call them. Upside-down Venetian. Anyway, they're vertical. And I, maybe I'm just a weird bloke, but when I get in the morning, I open the, the door, I put the switch on, and it's fluorescent light, so they've got to go, and then they come on, you see. And I don't like wasting time. So I like to use that time while the lights are getting up to strength, you see. And so I've got this little routine. I try and rush to the windows and get the blinds open before the lights actually are on. (laughs) I know none of you do anything like that. That's me. The other day I was thinking, what if this was a real case? that if the blinds were not open by the time the light came on, that I would be stuck with that amount of light. And I thought to myself, I would run and rip the blinds off the windows. Off. So desperate am I for the light, the physical light in my life. My wife puts up curtains. I extend the rods way past the windows and I put hooks way past the wall so I can get the whole curtain. My wife says, can we just maybe just cover a little bit of the window, make it all, once once they pass the wall, you can hang them wherever you like. (laughs) And you know, we have to be like that in our lives. Sometimes it's like that. We want to leave the curtains, you know, and there's like a sliver of light coming through. 
we just take a sliver of God's guidance. We don't want to live in the light of His, of His, of His full word. We can be guided by wise counsel. It says in Proverbs fifteen twenty two, without counsel plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. I've put this one three out of five, the center, because I believe it's the most crucial thing that the Holy Spirit wants to be your guide. To me, it's the most crucial thing that you have to develop is to allow the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God within you to to lead you and to guide you. It's something you have to develop. I found it's not something that I kick into naturally. Naturally, I kick into my own ideas. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to come and lead us. John 16, 13, when the Holy Spirit, who is truth, comes, by the way, He has come, He shall guide you into all truth, for He will not be presenting His own ideas, but will be passing on to you what He has heard, and He will tell you about the future. There's something in the human nature that wants to know about the future. That's why there's such interest in astrology, palm reading, and all those things of the occult, Because people want to know this. But I believe the Holy Spirit is the one who wants to come and lead us and and bring revelation about things, perhaps in our lives or in the lives of those close to us. Number four, be guided by love. And I believe this is also crucial. Colossians 3 and verse 14, most of all, let love guide your life. Number five, you can be guided by peace. Now, for me, this has always been a vital thing in, in, in our family. Let's listen to the scripture in Colossians 3 and verse 15. It says, And let the peace which comes from Christ rule or act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. And so these are the five ways I believe God wants to lead us by His Word, by wise counsel, by His Holy Spirit, by love, and by peace. It's not the full list, but it's just those that I felt to share with you today. There are other ways that God can use, but these are just the ways that I wanted to encourage with you with today, believing that God has got great things for you. And that He wants to lead and guide you. And if you will let Him, He will. And I just want to, I'd love just to go back to that picture quickly, just so that you can um, have a look at it, because it's just such a beautiful picture. And I want you just to know that that is God's desire for you today. That you would, you would know His hand on your shoulder, and that you would experience Him directing you in the direction you need to go. Because He wants to do that. He loves to do that. And in closing, a last scripture from Isaiah 58, verse 11. Isaiah 58, verse 11. It says, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy you with good things and keep you healthy too. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. That's what the Lord wants to do for you.
Lord, we come to you today. And I pray, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would place your hand on the shoulder of every person here present and that we would be aware of the hand of God in our lives. That when your flag goes up, we move. When your flag goes up, we keep quiet and we listen to you. But that we would follow your leading, follow your direction, follow your word, be guided by love and by peace, and that your Holy Spirit would have right of way in our lives, and that as a result, we would go on to be salt and light amidst the storms of life, amidst the battles and the challenges, the joys and the successes, that we would know what it is to be guided by the living God Make our spirits sensitive today, Lord, that we would respond to what we know is right and the promptings of your Holy Spirit so that we can be salt and light and make a difference in our families, in our homes, in our jobs, our businesses, our city, and our country. And we thank you that we can depend on you to lead and guide us. And it's part of this ongoing relationship with you, this ongoing communion we can have with our Creator to know that He wants to lead and guide us. And we ask it today in Jesus' name. Amen.